Hello, hi, hey, what is going on? It is Ashley Gillen. You can also call me hashtag Going Gillen. And this is the Going Gillen podcast, also known as Actual Real Life Humans. And guess what we're going to talk about today? Actual real life human stuff. So we're going to dive into the imposter syndrome, which I truly think like this is the coolest revelation ever. This came up today because if you didn't know, either today or tomorrow is National Women's Equality Day. So we had a meeting at work where we talked about it. And uh, one of the things that came up was what advice would you give right to girls or women that are suffering from the imposter syndrome? And so I started to do some research about it. And what I found is that this is like a real thing that a lot of people suffer from, myself being one of them. So I obviously had to rush home, record a podcast about it because I need to talk to you guys about all the things, all right? So again, this is um, an imposter syndrome talk. I think this is episode 34, maybe 35. I don't really know. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you get value from this, please do take a screenshot, share it into your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Going Gilland. I would absolutely love that. Please also feel free to tag some friends that you feel like might get some value out of this. Um, I love you all so much. If you want to leave a review, that would be cool as well. Um, other than that, just enjoy the podcast, all right? Alrighty, so let's jump into it. Today we are talking about imposter syndrome, right? So I know a lot of you guys have heard of this. Hopefully, though, you have taken the time to really understand what the imposter syndrome is and the fact that even if initially you feel like, uh-uh, nope, I keep it real 100% of the time, right? It is definitely still a possibility that you fall into one of the five categories that we're going to identify here, right, that pertain to imposter syndrome. So let's define imposter syndrome first. Basically, imposter syndrome is what happens in people when they doubt their accomplishments or talents and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud. So that's the definition I just read to you guys. Imposter syndrome is what happens in people when they doubt their accomplishments or talents and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud, right? So despite every single other thing on God's green earth, pointing to your total competence and total ability, right? You are convinced otherwise. You believe that you do not deserve everything that you've achieved. You feel as if your success is probably because you got a little bit lucky, right? Or you credit it to someone else. For example, you might say, right, so-and-so took a chance on me, right? The reason that I'm here is because so-and-so saw something in me and took a chance, right? Or you've unintentionally deceived people to think you're more competent or better than you actually are, right? You believe, oh man, I must be tricking these people. They must be fooled, right? Who am I fooling, right? That's essentially the core of imposter syndrome, despite the fact that rationally, like I said, everything points to this not being the truth. You believe that everything you've achieved, you are undeserving of, right? So originally, imposter syndrome was found primarily in highly successful women. It was perceived to be a girl thing, right? Now, though, research is starting to point to the fact that it could also be happening in men. Um, one of the reasons that it's assumed maybe, right, it was found out later to be a guy thing is because of pride or ego. Um, not to say that there are not women who have pride or ego issues, but a lot of times, right, men are less likely to reveal uh, the fact that they are struggling with something like imposter syndrome, more likely to continue to hide, right, and never come out, <laughs> basically, right? Uh, what we know now is that about 70% of women, um, highly successful women, have um, at one point 
admitted to suffering or having, right, this imposter syndrome. 70%, that's super high. So if you're listening to this right now, probably you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. If you know, you know, and if you don't, I'm going to help you, right? So that's imposter syndrome. You might ask, right, but AG, how do I know if I have it or not, right? And if I have it, what do I do about it, okay? So like I said, we're going to go through five different types of imposter syndrome. Let's see what fits you, right? And then along the way, we'll grab some tips to potentially overcome. And if not overcome, at least be able to identify it because, right, the first step to fixing something is to recognize the fact that you have a problem. This is not Alcoholics Anonymous, but, right, there's something there. Those guys know what they're doing with their 12 steps, right? First, you have to acknowledge that you have a problem. So let's recognize, right, whether or not these things apply to us. I would grab a pen and paper. This is definitely going to be amazing. Uh, like I'm sure I said in the intro, if you're getting value from this, please screenshot Tag me in your Instagram stories. It's at Going Gilland. I would absolutely love that. Um, maybe tag a friend or two, right? Uh, let's get the word out. Okay, so the first of five is perfectionist. So a perfectionist suffering from imposter syndrome, right, will set excessively high goals for themselves, okay, just like a perfectionist would. And then when they fail to reach that goal, they will experience incredible self-doubt and not only self-doubt, right, but a fear of being exposed as a fraud, okay? So they set this expectation that they will be perfect, right, because they have to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, then they're going to be exposed as a fraud, right, because they feel as if they're an imposter, which means they're not deserving of the situation that they're in. So if they fail, which again, to a perfectionist, failure is not being perfect. That's insanity, right? Failure is not not being perfect. Failure, right? is not celebrating the small victories. Failure is not starting at all, right? Because you don't know how to get one small step at a time, right? We need to recognize, one, if we are a perfectionist, two, if we're a perfectionist suffering from self-limiting beliefs, aka uh, imposter syndrome, right? And we need to celebrate the small victories. So be content and contentment will help build self-confidence. So despite the win being quote unquote small, celebrate it, right? Just because it's not the perfect picture, it's still a victory, right? Celebrate that. Push yourself to act before you're ready. Force yourself to start the project you've been planning for months, right? Because you're just going to keep planning it and planning it and planning it until it's perfect. And let's be honest with each other. There's never going to be a perfect time, right? Your work is never going to be hundred percent flawless. People are always like, Oh, you know, I need to buy, let's say you want to start a podcast. This is just an example. I need to get the perfect microphone, the perfect, whatever you can literally record a podcast, a pretty dang good one from your cell phone. So don't, what is the, the quote? Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Don't let good be the enemy of whatever. Anyways, the point is, it's never going to be perfect, so there's really no point in waiting until you think that you can achieve perfection. Just celebrate the fact that you achieved anything at all and let the whole perfection nonsense go. It's never going to be perfect. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is the superwoman slash superman, right? So this type of imposter syndrome shows up as someone pushing themselves to work harder and harder harder to measure up, right? They're going to put in extra hours. They're going to work, you know, 26 hour days, eight days a week. And 99% of the time, it's not because there's work to be done. It's because they're covering up for insecurities. A couple of things. One, they're going to do and redo and redo kind of similar to a perfectionist, right? That one presentation that they probably had good enough to present the first time around, right? Two, they're going to make sure that it's noticed when they're online working. So let's say, right, I 
am suffering from the superwoman imposter syndrome. I'm going to be the last person to leave the office. Why? Because I want people to notice, right, how hard I'm working. Because if you see how hard I'm working, right, then maybe you won't question the fact that I'm a fraud, right? Maybe you won't start digging into my insecurities and how little I actually know, right? What ends up happening, though, is that the workload literally hurts your mental health and starts killing all the relationships around you. It doesn't actually achieve what we hope it will, right? Here's a question. So do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title, so you feel pressed to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth, right? Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title, so you feel pressed to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth? So I'll tell a little bit of a story here, right? So the current role that I'm in, uh, when I first started it, there was a coworker of mine who was incredibly talented, right? Super awesome at what he did. He had you know, had everybody wrapped around his finger, was very high functioning in his role. And basically I was told, go keep up with that. Welcome to the team. Now go keep up with that, right? What I ended up doing, because I very quickly recognized that I was suffering from, I didn't recognize I was suffering from imposter syndrome, but looking back, I was, right? And I was terrified that I was going to fail. I knew I was going to fail. I knew that there was no way that I was actually deserving, right, of even the opportunity to keep up with this dude, right? So what I ended up doing was I just worked all the time, all the time. I would do, you know, a presentation or a project 14 times and turn it in all 14 of them. I would log emails at two o'clock in the morning so everybody knew how hard I was working because if everybody knew how hard I was working, then they would never question, right, my worth. That's silly. That's imposter syndrome, okay? But that's that's what happens, right? That's what happens when we become the super superman, superwoman, right? We step up to the plate when really we don't have to and we shouldn't, right? In order to prove that we're worthy of the job that we have or we're worthy, right, of the relationship or we're worthy of the title, whatever. So side note, remember, no one, no one should have more power to make you feel good about yourself than you do. Does that make sense? No one should have the ability, right, should have more power to make you feel good about yourself than you do, right? So when your boss gives you their quote-unquote golden stamp of approval, that's really cool. It's awesome to get accolades. It's awesome to get recognized. Hear me when I say that. I am a huge fan, right, of somebody saying, hey, add a girl. But what I can tell you is that putting more value on an add a girl or an add a boy from your boss over, right, the self-worth that lives inside of you is going to consistently let you down, okay? Don't live longing for that golden stamp of approval, right, because you feel as if you're a fraud and without that golden stamp of approval, you're one step away from being exposed, right? No, no, no. Have the self-worth inside of you already. So when you hear it, it's awesome. Trust me, it's great. I get it, right? But if you don't hear it, it's cool because you have that self-worth inside of you, right? You've ridded yourself, rid yourself of the limiting beliefs. You know you're worthy. So whether they say it or not, you're so convinced that it doesn't even matter. Cool? So speaking of golden stamp of approval, here's a quick little story for you guys. A few years back, I was nominated as what we call business partner of choice. Okay, I have the award right here. Uh, basically it says in honor of your outstanding performance and lasting contribution. Okay. So basically this means, right, that I made a huge contribution to our sales organization that my performance was quote unquote outstanding. Okay. This award is nominated by the sales force. Um, and then it's voted on by a committee or a board, right? You want to talk about feeling like an imposter. Part of this 
award is winning a trip. This particular year, it was 2016. We got to go to Hawaii. In Hawaii, one of the things, right, that you do on this trip, on this gold circle trip, is go to a black tie dinner, okay? You literally, the guys have to wear tuxedos, not suits, tuxedos, okay? Everybody wears the same style-ish of tuxedo, right? A tuxedo is a tuxedo, okay? So you have to fit a dress code. We literally could barely even afford to go to the fitting, let alone to afford a tuxedo, right? So we rented the tuxedo um, and it was very obvious very, very early on in the trip that we were little bitty tiny fish in a big, huge pond, okay? We were surrounded by multiple six-figure earners, you know, half million dollar, million dollar a year earners. And I literally was sitting at these dinners, right, in these receptions, these award ceremonies, knowing damn well that we had a car waiting for us in an airport parking lot back in Dallas that may or may not start when we got home right? That mm, would definitely not have air conditioner when we turned it on, right? It's super easy when you start comparing, right, the people around you to start to feel like an imposter. It's super easy to constantly have in the back of your mind, right? There's no way that I'm deserving of this. How did I convince these people? How did I trick these people into giving me this? How am I here, right? And at what moment am I going to be exposed for the fraud that I am, right? I attributed my nomination and then winning to people just liking me, right? I had made friends within the sales force and I was like, oh, that was really nice of my friends, right? My homies to nominate me. Not that I was the very best contributor, right? Or that I had made a lasting impact, that I was worthy of the, the award. I know, right, that I'm good at like making friends. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like my homies just like me. That was very nice of them to do this for me right? Like not that I had earned an award, but like they had given me a gift. Do you guys see the difference? Oftentimes, and I'm digressing a little bit, so I'll, I'm going to keep running with this path. I, you know, it happens, right? I'm going to keep running with this path and then I'll get back to kind of where we were with the superwoman, superman thing, right? But oftentimes we, let's say you get a bonus, right? So end of year comes, you get a great review and you get a bonus. And you're like, wow, thank you so much for giving this to me. This was, this is incredible. I appreciate this so much, right? Yes. Showing gratitude is awesome, right? Because bonuses don't have to be given, but also, right? You earned that bonus, right? It wasn't a favor. I think we act as if people doing these nice things for us, giving us these awards, giving us promotions, giving us raises, giving us bonuses, it's like we're because we feel like imposters, right? It's like they're doing us a favor that was so nice of them to do that for us. Yeah, it is nice, but it's not a favor. You earn that shit. Like, yeah, I appreciate the, you know, 11% raise or whatever your number is. I don't know what your number is. Also though, like I earned that 11%. I'm worth this 11%. Not only am I worth the 11%, I'm actually worth like 22, 25, 28. So let's start talking about next year and how we get to the next step, right? In this career path. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? But as imposters, when you suffer from imposter syndrome, you feel like there's no way you're worthy of it. So everything is taken into your psyche as if you got lucky, right? Or somebody did you a favor. You guys follow that? I hope you follow that. Okay. So back to super women, super men. As a super woman or superman, we don't take criticism well, okay? I'm actually probably the worst at taking criticism if I'm being honest with you guys. Criticism makes me feel like and this type of imposter feel like they've been exposed, that their secret is out right? Somebody says to me like, hey, Ashley, I would have preferred that you had done it this way. That was not so great. I'm immediately like, okay, they're on to me. They know that I'm an idiot. They hate me. All of the good luck and good favors that they've done for me up to this point are gone. Now I'm going to be exposed as the big dodo that I actually am. That's ridiculous, right? We should definitely take 
criticism seriously, but we shouldn't take it personally. It doesn't mean that like the veil has been pulled back, right? And you're going to be completely exposed because you're a dodo. It just means that that one particular thing that you're being coached on wasn't perfect and that's okay. So super women, super men don't take criticism well. Tip, right? A little bit of advice. Start taking criticism seriously, but don't ever take it personally. Cool? All right, so number three of five, we are moving right along. Number three is the natural genius. So this type of imposter syndrome looks like someone basing their worth on how easily or how quickly they can pick something up, okay? So if you take a long time to master something, you'll feel shame. So if you come across something that's hard, right, if you're suffering from the natural genius imposter syndrome, you start to feel embarrassed. You start to feel shameful. You start to feel as if you're about to be exposed, right? Because you're a natural genius. Why is this so hard? Right now at work, literally, I have to be explained everything about 97 times it feels like and still it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I probably need it like a 98th time. It's a ridiculous scenario. But anyways, um, I am no natural genius at this point. But this imposter type, right? would find this incredibly uncomfortable, right? This imposter type would start to suffer, right? Because they are setting impossibly high standards. They are never going to achieve them. Basically, right, this imposter type typically as a child was told, you can do anything you set your mind to. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, because that's what I do here. This was me. (laughs) As a kid, I teased because my parents probably loved me too much. Um, I didn't have nearly enough trauma or nearly enough hardship to be, you know, incredibly successful because every incredibly successful person has gone through hell and back. But my parents loved me a whole lot. And they always told me, you can do anything you set your mind to, right? What that does is... I think it's okay. I'm not going to give parenting advice. That's a different podcast, not mine. Um, But what that does is it, it creates this natural genius imposter syndrome, right? It creates this feeling of like, oh, everything should come easy to me because I'm the smartest kid on the planet, right? I can do anything I set my mind to. So this kind of stuff should come easy to me. So then when it doesn't, we start to feel like imposters. We start to feel like, oh gosh, because this is so hard for me, I must not be worthy of what it is that I'm trying to accomplish, right? So ask yourself this. When you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because not performing well provokes a feeling of shame? Yes or no? Right? So if yes, then you suffer from imposter syndrome in the form of a natural genius. So if you face a setback and your confidence tumbles, right, and you start to feel shame, then you are suffering, right, from the natural genius syndrome. And that's okay because a lot of us are, let's be honest, okay? But here's the tip. Rather than beating yourself up when you don't reach that in- impossibly high standard, which is that I'm a natural genius and I'm going to understand every single thing that's presented to me right away, right? Identify the specific changeable behavior and then improve one small thing at a time, right? So instead of saying, I'm going to know everything all at once, say, I'm not going to know everything all at once, but I can learn about rest APIs. I can learn about common core math because I have to homeschool my kid, whatever it is, right? Start focusing in on that, right? Learn that and then improve slowly over time. Eventually, not that you're going to be a natural genius, but eventually you'll know all the things you need to know, right? And you can be honest, which is going to move us into number four, which is the soloist and ask questions when you need help. Okay. So like I said, number four, the soloist. So these are imposter syndrome sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their phoniness. Okay. That's the definition. Let me read that to you again. These are imposter syndrome sufferers who feel as though asking for help 
reveals their phoniness. That's probably my favorite definition. Okay. So this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, right? But it's not only needing to know everything right away fully, but it's also, right, like I mentioned, the hesitancy to ask questions ever. So not just feeling shame and disappointment in yourself when you don't get it right away, but also suffering in silence, okay? So the thought here is that if I ask a question, then I'm going to be exposed, right? Everybody is going to know that I don't know everything that people have assumed this whole time that I know. So this is something that I suffered with big time, okay? So moving into my new role, right, I would go to these meetings. People would be talking about something as if it were the most obvious, logical, commonsensical thing on the planet. And I wouldn't understand it at all. And then I started to feel like, oh, shit, did, was the assumption that I knew this when I was given this role? Like, oh, my God, everybody thinks that I know this already. So then what happens, right? Well, then if you're a natural genius imposter, then you're like, shit, I don't know everything. You start to feel shame. If you're a soloist imposter, if you're both, heaven forbid, right? Not only do you start to feel shame about the fact that you don't know it, but you won't even speak up and ask a question because you're suffering as a soloist, right? And you're afraid that if you ask the question, then everybody's going to know that you don't know, right? So we talked about this before on a Facebook Live. So if you follow me on Facebook, it's Ashley Gilland, right? Also Going Gilland over there as well, at Going Gilland on Instagram. If you follow me on Facebook, then you have probably heard me talk about this. We may have done a podcast about it too. But what ends up happening, right, is that the truth always comes out, okay? So if you don't ask questions, everybody assumes that you know, and then you do it wrong, right, because you didn't ask. And then three months later, you're having to clean up your mess anyway, and now you're delayed, and it's a whole big issue and a problem, right? When you, If you would have just asked the question, maybe some assholes would have been like, oh my God, I can't believe she doesn't know that, but whatever, right? And then you would have learned it, and then you would have implemented it, and then everything would have been fine. Otherwise, though, now it's three months later, and they're still like, oh my God, I can't believe she didn't know that, and you have a mess to clean up. Cool. So it's okay to be independent, but it's not okay to be independent to the extent that you refuse assistance so that you can prove that you're worthy of whatever it is that you're doing, right? That's insanity, and that's acting from an imposter syndrome sufferer perspective of a soloist, okay? This is something that I literally feel so passionate about because I am suffering from this today as we speak. So if you are technical at all, which maybe you are, right, because um, I have multiple like women in technology groups and stuff that I share this podcast into. So I kept – I had a question, right, about a, an update to an API that we needed to implement. If you're not technical, close your ears because this probably isn't going to make any sense because honestly it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just repeating words that I heard. Um, but I'll blow through this really quick. But I kept getting told it's not that big of a deal. It won't be that much work. It's a just a get on policy. I quote, it's just a get on policy, quote. It's just to get on policy, okay? Every time I ask a question, which again, right, as a soloist, as somebody who suffers from imposter syndrome as a soloist, that's hard for me to do, okay? So I finally get the courage to speak up and ask a question, and what I get told is it's just to get on policy. So I say, I don't understand what that means. Can you tell me more? Well, you're overthinking this. It's not that big of a deal. It's just to get on policy. Okay, I hear what you're saying. What I'm being told is blah, 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 blah. Can you help me make the connection between why this, these are all the words I'm being told, which sounds like a whole lot in comparison to what you're telling me, which is, quote unquote, it's just to get on policy. Can you help me bridge that? I don't understand. This is frustrating. This is ridiculous. It's just to get on policy, okay? I kept being told it's just a get on policy. Do you, do you guys hear, right? So guess what? As a soloist, right, to me, what I hear is everybody is thinking that I am an idiot. 
even to just ask this question, right, in order for somebody to answer it, there is so much frustration (laughs) behind the response that I know they must be thinking, why can't she understand this? Why doesn't she get this, right? So as a natural genius sufferer who wants to know everything right away and as a soloist sufferer, this is literally being exposed as a fraud, right? So there's two options. You can either shy away from him and be like, okay, yeah, I totally get it now. Thank you, which is bullshit. Or you can be like, yeah, I still don't get this. I'm going to need more time with it, right? And then you just pray, right, that your imposter syndrome doesn't kick your booty because now you've been exposed, quote unquote, as a fraud, again, quote unquote, right? Does that, are you guys tracking that? I hope you're tracking that. So, okay, number five is the experts. So experts will measure their competence, right, or their worth based on what they know and how much they know, right? So believing that they can never know enough they fear, right, that they're going to be exposed as unknowledgeable, okay? So an expert wants to be an expert on every single thing, okay? So here's some questions that you can ask yourself to know if this pertains to you, okay? Even if you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to feeling like you still don't know enough, right? So even if you've been doing the thing that you've been doing for two years, right, do you always feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know enough, I need to learn more? Um, And then the second question is, this is my favorite one. Do you shy away from applying to job postings unless you meet every single educational and otherwise requirement? This is literally my favorite. And let me tell you guys a story of why. Okay. So I have worked for the company that I'm with for 11 years. Um, I started as a contractor through a temp employment services, right? Service, right? So I applied for the temp service. They hired me as a contractor. They placed me at the company that I'm with right now. And then I since then have, you know, promoted up and moved across departments for maybe five times, right? Um, Never have I ever, though, applied for a job within this company. What does happen, though, if you're going to promote or you're going to move across departments, you have to technically apply for a role, which means the job requis- like the job rec has to be created, right? So you get to see the job that you are, uh, quote unquote, applying for. I-, I hope you guys are following this, that you are stepping into, that you're being promoted to, that you're transferring over to or whatever, right? So it's hilarious and also terrifying as someone who suffers from imposter syndrome, to see the difference between what I know I've done educationally and otherwise and what the job rec says, right? Like that's terrifying because never have they ever matched up. But what I can tell you is that I've somehow always managed to figure it out. So if you're suffering as an expert, let that shit go. Learn what you need to know to get the job done and be done with it. Stop it, right? You're capable of so much more than what your resume says you're capable of. That's bullshit. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Those are the five different types of imposters. Okay. So like I mentioned at the top of this, studies show that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at one point or another. Um, 70% is the women number. So I'm sorry, 70% of women. um, And what we know now, right, is that men are also suffering from this exact same syndrome. So 70%. So if you listen to this 25 minute podcast and didn't feel like any of these apply to you, I challenge you to reach out to me, DM me on Facebook, Ashley Gilland, DM me on Instagram at going Gillen. And I, again, challenge you because if you feel like these don't apply, I would argue otherwise 70%, like maybe you're the exception, but also probably not. Okay. So I told you guys before, I will tell you over and over and over again until I am literally blue in the face. You are worthy of every great thing that you have ever achieved or received and every great thing that is coming to you. Believe that. Quit convincing yourself that you're an imposter. And at any moment, this house of cards is going to crumble and you're going to be exposed as a fraud. There's nothing to hide. 
Be authentically you all of the time. Authentically you all of the time. It's good enough, right? Everything that you have is because you've earned it. You achieved it. Believe that, right? Believe that you have earned it and you have achieved it, right? And it is yours. It wasn't gifted to you. It wasn't a favor, right? You earned it. This thing is yours because you earned it. You're good enough, right? Always be you. It's the easiest thing to be, right? Like, let's be real. Uh, Being a fraud, pretending to be somebody that you're not, being an imposter is really hard, right? It's hard to keep up with the lie. So just be yourself, right? Because the reason that you are in whatever position you are in right now is because you were you. You earned everything that you have, right? No, there's no such thing. There is such thing as like hand-me-downs, handouts, right? But that's not the situation here. You are not a fraud, right? There is no, you know, question that you're going to ask that's going to make everybody be like, oh God, she's a big old dummy. I made the worst decision of my life hiring her or whatever, right? And if there is, you're not in the right place anyway, right? So follow follow your path. Be authentic, authentically you all of the time. That is always going to be good enough. There's nothing to hide, right? Quit convincing yourself that you're an imposter. And at any moment, this house of cards is going to crumble and everybody's going to see you for who you are and nobody's going to like you. And it's just, it's just not real life, right? It's not reality, okay? So step into your power, be yourself, love who you are. Again, be authentically you all of the time. That's always enough. Cool? So let's wrap this up. You guys, please remember to be nice to each other. It's always, right, the right thing to do. And it's really and truly the most important thing that we can do. So again, be kind. All right? I love you guys. Peace.